You're listening to... No, that's not real. You're listening to The Heidi Rue Show. Yeah, that's better. Inspiring. Entertaining. Real. The Heidi Rue Show. Are you ready for this? Not really. <laughs> okay. Kind of by default, I, I have a special guest on the podcast this week. Um, and by default, she means the power was out and had to cancel the main interview, so I'm the backup. I was going to explain that. I had a couple interviews already scheduled, and then um, if you're not in Georgia, you may have heard on the news, but we had quite a lot of storms come through because of Hurricane Michael, and that those storms ended up um, knocking down a power pole and two trees right in front of our studio, which knocked out the power. So we just had to improvise, and the improvisation improvisation, is having my husband here, Mike Stout. <laughs> but before we begin on the interview, I did want to say, if you um, didn't get a chance to catch the Peach Dish episode with Judith Winfrey, she's the president of Peach Dish, is really good. Peach Dish is a meal delivery kit that comes to your house, and uh, through the end Delicious. of- Delicious. It's so good, yeah. Uh, through the end of October, you can get $15 off with the code HeidiRue. 18. That's H-E-I-D-I-R-E-W-18. We got a couple of meals coming next week too, Mike. So, Do we get the discount if we use your, your name? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. It's just for I'm a the saver, people, people. That <laughs> Okay. So, Mike, I wanted to start off by... Kind Wait of, a minute. Yeah. You know, you have the local lens in here, Greer and Beth, and uh-huh. you have mimosas. Yeah. What what do I get? I was just realizing I didn't I don't treat you quite as well as the other guests. I don't even have a gift for you. Where's my scotch? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even take whiskey or maybe the gift will come later on. Oh, okay. So, Mike, I wanted to start off by kind of um, allowing you to share a little bit of your background and how you um, just, you know, what you did as a career before this, before voiceover and on camera, what you do now and kind of where you grew up. I know that's a lot. I'm basically asking for your life story, but in a really short, concise way. I have to say, first of all, it's it's really weird to see to have this conversation with you with microphones in <laughs> yeah. front of our face because the last time this happened we were in radio. Oh, that's right. And you know, and even we though weren't even we record people here yeah. and we, I record you sometimes and you know, seeing in front of but both of us having a microphone in front of us, you know, I keep I keep wanting to say it now Heidi Rue with traffic. <laughs> <laughs> does it does it bring you back to when we fell in love? Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, Mike and I uh, fell in love and met through radio. We were both on air at a local radio station here in Atlanta called uh, 104.7 The Fish. And so I remember I used to look over at him and see his face. I'm like, he's so cute. And then we got to know each other. And um, yeah, it was Yeah, great. it's an interesting start. It and is. We're very open about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a, that's a conversation for in person. Over drinks. Yeah. And a cigar. So if you want to, just invite us out for drinks <laughs> and a cigar, and we'll gladly tell you. Okay, so um, Mike, seriously, back to kind of... Yeah, how I got started. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I always thought that I would be an actor. Um, I just naturally gravitated towards that, but I didn't have any way of doing it in Sarasota, Florida. And then I think my introvertedness kept me from doing it. So instead of anything acting related or... Uh, normal. I threw myself into soccer and the radio aspect. I would always mimic radio DJs, you know, in front of the mirror. Hey, you know, that, <laughs> that type. 
news and weather on the ones and nine, whatever, you know, they would say. And I'd, I'd try and be that animated guy. And I try to make my, my parents laugh and fast forward to, um, high school, you know, growing up, I just played soccer. I didn't do anything really in high school. Um, and then I finally went to college and played a little bit of soccer on the side there, just since I didn't play high school ball, you know, but I got into a club city league soccer. And then finally, um, I went and volunteered. One of my roommates got me involved with uh, AM850 at the University of Florida, and it was the news talk station. And all it was, you were just sitting there plugging carts, you know, and and if you're not aware of what that looks like, (laughs) if if you're you're my age or older, you'll remember eight tracks. Yeah. um, And it was basically plugging it in the same type of of outlet, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess, and then the commercials would play uh, during the, the appropriate time. And so you'd have six of those or so to play in a, in a stop break, a commercial stop break. And then you go back to listening to the program and I brought in <clears throat> stuff to do at the same time and, you know, kind of multitask. Uh, and then I started volunteering at a, a Christian radio station and within a few months, uh, somebody had left. They needed somebody and they really, really liked my fake DJ voice and that's where it all began. <laughs> so was that how you really uh, sounded too when you first started working at the Christian yeah, station? Yeah. Because you were just mimicking the old announcer. So that's yeah. how you tried to sound. Yeah. Is that right? And then, uh, and did for a long time. It, at least if I didn't sound like that, I would, I would kind of go deeper in my voice a little bit just to uh-huh. make it project a little bit more. And yeah, this is what we're sounding like right now on the radio because this is what I think we're supposed to sound like and my bosses <laughs> like it and everybody else seems to be like, yeah, woohoo. Yeah. Um, and come to find out later on, we would call that puking. It's the radio term. Oh, did, I you, didn't, did you not know that? No, I did not know that. Really? But you know, when I started in radio, though, that was already kind of starting to phase out. So there wasn't a lot of talk like that. In fact, yeah. they didn't want you to be like that. Yeah, exactly. Which is honestly how I was able to get into radio because I don't have that yeah. announcer voice. So yeah. I just came along at the right time for that. So. Yeah. Well, and and the puking was because it's, you're having to put your voice out there like this, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I would not sound good like that, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Well, you still hear hear DJs do it nowadays. Uh, Not so much on the the pop radio stations, because you are supposed to just sound like yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and the more you can sound like yourself, the better. Right. Well, it works great for us in voiceover now. That's true. Um, so I'm sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say that I actually had the opposite um, happen to me when I first started in radio because I sounded almost too normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> like too, too yeah, regular I, person. I've heard this story before, so <laughs> tell them where you went with that. So they said, well, Heidi, we, we kind of want you to warm Hi, up your I'm voice. Heidi Rue. <laughs> you already got to the punchline. <laughs> So that's what I did, and it sounded, and it was also a Christian station, and so you're listening to J103. (laughs) Thank you for joining me tonight. It's like vocal porn. Yeah, they used to always joke with me. They're like, "What are they calling like a 900 number? What in the world is going on?" So then I'm dialing right now. Yeah, (laughs) we got more donations that year than ever before. I don't know what, what happened. How that happened. Um, but they finally got me to the point where it was a good medium between like a high register, like normal Heidi uh, speak versus mm-hmm. the warmth. So I kind of found my voice, but it was a little yeah. rocky there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so then from Gainesville, where you're at, because you're yeah. at University of Florida in that station, you came up yeah. to Atlanta. Eight and a half years of, uh, of classes at the University of Florida. Everybody says... I wasn't even going to bring that up, but okay. I kind of enjoy it because okay. it, it harkens back to my favorite, one of my favorite comedic movies, Tommy Boy. 
Uh-huh. And Tommy's like, hey, did you hear I graduated? David Spade's character, yeah, just a shade under a decade. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like me, too. So it took Yeah, eight, you're eight just like Tommy years. Boy. Awesome, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Except, yeah, uh, I did not party that whole whole time. I, I wish that's that was the reason, but I, I didn't want to uh, assume any debt. So mm-hmm. I had a little bit of savings, and I would work at the same time just to pay off classes so yeah. that I didn't have debt, thankfully. So we don't have that right now as a married couple. I know. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. I'm glad that you aspired to be Tommy Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, yeah, my boss at the time was like, hey, there's a, a radio station, new uh, station in Atlanta that's opening up, and you know, maybe it's time to spread your wings, because I'd been at that radio station for seven and a half, maybe eight years. I can't remember. Um, 93? No. Yeah, it was seven and a half, I think. Um, and I applied, and Kevin, the program director at the time, uh, brought me in for an interview, and uh, it was either the copywriter or the promotions assistant. There was no on-air stuff. So I interviewed with the intent, and I guess I told him, you know, I was like, hey, if anything opens up, I want first shot, you know, and things did within a year. The music director position opened up, and I had already been learning more about that and the evenings, and then they put me on air. And then finally, after a few years, I was able to start getting into acting, uh, taking acting classes, and and then doing voiceover, which had I been doing voiceover while I was in Gainesville, could have bypassed a whole lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but then we wouldn't have met. So. That's true. So yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, since I'd say 2003 or four, I've been doing acting and voiceover. And then in 2014, I was let go from the radio station for having number one ratings. And so it makes total sense. Yeah. And you're <laughs> no, totally over it. Right I'm now. totally over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's still some forgiveness issues there for, for certain things. And I'm working through it. I'm, I'm very open about that. You mm-hmm. know, I, I do have my moments of, of sanity where it's like, just forgive and forget. And I do, you know, but then there's other, it's like, how could you do that? But I'm so much better off and we're so much better off now. So but that's the weird thing. That's also so relatable because there's so many times where we face something where either rejection that you're still frustrated about, but then, you know, you let a year go by and you can see, oh, I'm so glad I was rejected. But also there's still a sting from that Yeah. because it does hurt. It, you're being very real with that. Yeah. And it's something that everyone goes through. Maybe not yeah. to that degree, but. Yeah. And I think, I th- honestly, I think it is a big sting because I did take it personally. It's like I worked so hard. You know, I knew I wasn't going to get to the morning show or two afternoons because of certain things. And I'd try going to other radio stations and just nothing would open up. I mean, the doors were closing. I could say that's God. Whatever it was, you know, I knew I wasn't going any further. So it's like, I've got consistently number one ratings. If I'm not number one, I'm within the top five Mm. in my demo. And so, you know, you think these guys are idiots and they have no idea what they're doing, and that could be, or they could have other pressures that they're bowing to, and, sure. you know, they've got their own, it's not my candy store, you know, they can do whatever they want with it, and they did, and that's fine, and it's, even if it didn't work out for the best, this, it was great that it did happen, you yeah. know. And, and what you're also not saying, too, is that you really had been saying, okay, I'm going to quit the radio station, because at that yeah. point, your voiceover career, I mean, you were making as much, you know, as you were making through radio, just on voiceover part-time. And so, but there's always that fear of making that leap and jumping. Yeah. And And especially when you have, you know, a wife that is very demanding and high maintenance (laughs) and that you have to provide for. (laughs) Not at all. I mean, I, I can say that, that I was looking to leave radio. I just didn't have the, the courage to do it. Um, 
so God kind of opened up that door for mm-hmm. me, I can say. Yeah. Um, and, and I truly do think that it, it was. I mean, he's got a sense of humor, you know, about certain things. And the funny thing is, right before they fired me, um, I booked a, a university that, that is still a client. Um, and that was a, a $9,000 paying gig. And it was with that, that outside of all the frustrations, it's like, okay, okay, we're going to be taken care we're of. We're going to be okay. Yeah, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really, it was really cool. And then, I mean, of course, you know, as, as a freelancer, you know, there are those months where it's like, oh, are we? Can oh, we yeah. Pay? There yeah. are many months that Mike was like, I don't know, should, I don't know. Yeah. Like Do maybe next month should I, yeah, or? go put a, in, a resume in to Starbucks or something that I could do on the side. But we have been able to do it uh, full time without having to do anything extra, which we're so yeah. grateful for. And our, both of our, our uh, careers have grown in, mm-hmm. in voiceover yeah, um, and acting. Which leads to, so it's been several years since we both have been out of radio and been doing voiceover full-time. And then two years ago, we opened up this voiceover studio, and I've kind of already shared the story about how we kind of opened that up. It was two years this past summer since we've had it open. 2016, yeah. Yeah. So tell me, what is one of the things that you have learned through opening up the voiceover studio, Atlanta voiceover studio? Uh, again, the same thing that I, I learned uh, when I got married, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> that, is, that is not the lesson. <laughs> it's one of them. Okay, we'll do better and I'll be happy. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, what's the question? What's one of the... <laughs> what's one of the things that you've learned? You know, I think it's just opening up a business is, is uh, you know, it's hard. Um, it's fun, but it's hard cause we didn't need to do this. Right. You know, we were fine on our own, but it was kind of one of those things where, uh, we were looking for a, uh, uh, something to invest in and something that we could make some additional income to, to grow, um, personally and, and whatnot, you know, cause our, one of my goals is to have a cabin someday, you know, where we can have that and then have our friends use it and then maybe rent it out the rest of the time. Um, and we didn't think of a voiceover studio as, as a means to that end. Uh, but we ended up starting, did you've, you've kind of talked about it. Well, we started across the hall in just a room just where we can go to, to do our auditions and record and stuff. And then it's grown to, to across the hall, bigger rooms, more workshops, more classes, demos, and all that good stuff. Um, and it's been really, really good. And, and we're by no means well on our way to getting a cabin. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I think our workshop, our, our contractors would be would be closer. But it's just been such a fun time mm-hmm. of learning and growing. And I think the main thing in that that I've learned is that you don't have to know everything right away. Mm. Um, there's been just such a great learning curve, I think, with this that, you know, when you back off and you take that 30,000 foot look at what's going on with us and within the studio that you tend to think, oh, okay, I don't have to be so reactionary. I don't have to be so, um, it's not as bad as it's coming across. Yeah. You know, it's, things aren't as bad as they seem. This fire is really just a, a match being right. lit. You know, you can just kind of tap it out. Yeah. Type and we've thing. made mistakes and things and are okay. Yeah. And you change. <laughs> like we learn and we don't make those mistakes again. Yeah. And, we and then forward. people come into your life that are at the right time 
um, to help things grow. I mean, I think of Brian Bremer for our intro to voiceover mm. and animation workshops and Thessaly for the advanced stuff. Um, mm. Jill for doing Monday night beginner voiceover intensive. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor, who's going to be leading our thir- uh, Thursdays. Mm. Aaron, um, Aaron for audiobooks. For audiobooks. Yeah. Um, and, and all of them. And Sam, I mean, Sam is our, our real estate, our commercial real estate guy who's helping us look for another space. And he's, he's, I think he's probably like 200 years old, but Stop, Mike, he may listen to this. <laughs> He would know it too, but he's the most, he's in better shape than I am. Oh boy. <laughs> no, okay. seriously, he's, he's around, he's around, he's got to be around 80, but this man does more, more in it's his, in, in a week than I do. And including, wasn't he going to jump out of an airplane? Wasn't oh he? yeah, he did already. He did. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. done several times. Yeah. yeah. Just mm-hmm. went to France with his wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's all over. Went to Alaska. Didn't yeah. he go fishing? Writing a book. Mm-hmm. He's writing he a did. book. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he keeps saying that we're going to be in it, but I keep thinking that it's only going to be Heidi that's in it. <laughs> Whatever. So, or what has been the biggest challenge in our marriage with running the studio? Until we got counseling, I think it would be the communication um, mm-hmm. and the expectations. Yeah. Because you don't do things correctly. Yeah. Like I do. Mm-hmm. And I don't do things correctly like you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been, it's been, I, you know it. I know it. I mean, we're both big proponents of counseling. And I yeah. think, especially with all the actors that I meet, I'm like, oh, please go see someone mm-hmm. because you've got these issues and it can be worked out and you could be a much healthier and happier person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that we in the arts, we tend to, especially if we have different, you know, paths like that, that are, that are rough, we tend to go into the arts because it's a sort of escape. Um, but you need to be healed. Otherwise, you're going to go down some paths. Okay, we had to actually get a phone call (laughs) because we're recording at the studio. So You're going to chop out me chomping on my sandwich, aren't you? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) What was the question? It was what has been the most challenging thing in our marriage, opening Mm. up the studio. I forget where we were at, but yeah, it's been the communication. Oh, I was talking about counseling. So yeah, I mean, if if we hadn't gone through some counseling, I think it would be, um, it would be 10 times harder yeah. Um, because we just wouldn't know how to communicate mm-hmm. and to be real. And, you know, we're at the point where we're seven plus years of marriage now. And, you know, you have that, that saying that's, that there's a seven year itch and whatnot. And we're doing our darndest to just combat that. Are you itching? No. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not either. <laughs> but I, I think if, had we not dealt with that stuff, yeah, I mean, there's for opportunities sure. for, for bitterness to, to enter. And then, mm-hmm. and plus I had, I still have stuff from my childhood that I'm working out, you know, where you shoot me a look and I still think it's like, oh my gosh, this is bringing me back to my, my mom, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to, to rephrase that and reframe it and, and be like, dude, you're, you're, you're fine. That's her issue. You yeah. Know, you guys can talk this out if, if it's an issue and she'll bring it up. Right. Absolutely. Um, well, I just remember, but... too, us going on a walk like last spring. And um, we do enjoy walks because it kind of allows us to really talk through things and um, and gives us that dedicated time to, you know, for even things to come up in our brain. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it is like me talking and Mike listening. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember just Most feeling... <laughs> I remember just feeling a little stuck as far as with the studio. And I thought, okay, I know something has to change 
like we can't continue on in our relationship like this because there will be some major problems that will come up. But at that point, I didn't know how to fix it. And you're right. I think we were just both coming from different perspectives. And we needed somebody that was an outside source to look at both of those and help us to problem solve and Mm -hmm. to talk to both of our issues and see how we can healthfully communicate and and come together on all that. Well, and I think, too, the... uh you know, people always, always, they know generically like the media, mm-hmm. you know, they, you always set up these opposing ends. And so I think that's really played into the American psyche in ways that we don't even realize. Because if you and I hadn't gone to counseling in our own, left to our own devices, we would think that it's only an either or. Like I have a family member who it's, you're either good or you're bad. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. No, there are so many shades, and they're coming at it from a different perspective. If we can just, again, back off a little bit, take that thousand-foot view, analyze where the other person's coming from, and trust, especially in a marriage, you know, like, I trust that you always have your best for me, Mm -hmm. and I hope that you do the same. And if you have that mindset, then it gives you that grace to say, okay, maybe what Mike said, he didn't mean that way. Right. You know, and then, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the media, I think, I think we just, we all naturally do this, you know, if it's between Republicans and Democrats or whatever it is, I mean, Mm -hmm. you've you've automatically got these heads bumping and Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it seeps down into our, into our personal lives. Like we don't even realize. Yeah. Well, I think uh, one of the things that I would love to share with everyone that really helped us, that our counselor helped us kind of walk through. Weed. Lots of weed. Is... <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. We get kidding. that from... Anyways. <laughs> um... <laughs> what she was going to say there was, we get that that from our, our neighbors. Yeah. But <laughs> the, uh, we'll, we'll the stop con... there. We'll stop there. We'll stop there because I don't want to incriminate well, anyone. Right. But we don't we don't partake. Yes. Right. Right. Secondhand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's enough of that. But what are that's none of my business. (laughs) On to our counselor. You know what I'm talking about there with the Kermit Kermit the Frog meme? Where he's sipping on that team. That's none of my business. (laughs) Memes don't translate as well through a podcast. I'm hoping somebody will Google it. Just Google the (laughs) Kermit the Frog. That's none of my business meme. You'll know what I'm talking about. But one of the things that our counselor helped us work through is that anytime we feel like this frustration or feel, you know, if you are in any type of relationship, then you know that feeling in your stomach where all of a sudden something comes up or you're having a discussion and then you feel that pit in your stomach turn, whether it's frustration or hurt or feeling um, inferior, you know, or... um, or anger or frustration or whatever it is, that we automatically call it out. So if there's something, some issue that that we're having, and I'm like, um, I mean, this is something that really did happen. Mike had said something, and I said, um, Mike, I am feeling inferior right now. And the reason why I'm feeling inferior is because you give it a, what our counselor calls a sandbag. And basically a sandbag is any type of issue from your past that will would automatically make you feel inferior. So um, for instance, that circumstance, I said, I'm feeling you, inferior. You me, can, I, can I tell them what that? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> sure. So we were, we were meeting in, in Asheville with our counselor and we were talking about business stuff to try and get organized and, you know, so we can provide a bunch of different options for people who come into the studio and whatnot. And she threw out an uh, a number. She did some quick math, I think, mm-hmm. and threw out a number. And I 
just did the double checking and I was like, oh, it's actually such and such. If this was another guy, they'd be like, oh, okay, thanks, cool. But Heidi got this look on her face because she can't hide what she's <laughs> like. She's she does not have a poker face. <laughs> no. um, and I saw it, and the counselor saw it, and the counselor. It was set up through this whole thing that she would stop whenever things like this would happen and call us out. And so that's when she, what happened right yeah. there. And so I said, uh, I'm feeling inferior right now. Um, and it's because of a sandbag of um, feeling like I'm not smart. Uh, is that and the story I'm you're ditzy. telling yourself? It's a sandbag oh, that's of right. inferiority that's and the right. story Sorry. you're telling yourself. I'm telling you totally wrong. Okay, the sandbag is inferiority. And then the story that I'm telling myself is that I'm not smart enough and that you're way smarter. Yeah. So by just calling that out, it all of a sudden makes you realize, oh, wait a minute. This is nothing that Mike is doing. I mean, by Mike correcting me like that, there was no malice. He didn't mean anything by that. He wasn't trying to make me feel inferior. Yeah. It was my own issue of feeling inferior, but it helps so much to be able to communicate and call that out. Yeah. And the other thing about it too is, is that it's, it's learning to love each other, uh, by being intensely vulnerable. So if she calls out something like that, then, I mean, my response, what's my response going to be? Well, that's stupid. No, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, honey, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I, I just wanted the correct number because in my brain, you know, if it's not, I just wanted the exact number for X, Y, Z reason, you mm-hmm. know, it has nothing to do with that. But the other thing that the, that Sean, our counselor was talking about, which, uh, you can mention her website. Yeah. LiberateMyLife.com. Yeah. LiberateMyLife.com. She's, mm-hmm. she's awesome. well worth it. Yeah. Um, and she also does speaking engagements, so if you know any place that needs mm-hmm. this type of thing, she's fin- phenomenal. Um, yeah, she explains that a lot better than I just yeah, did. Yeah, <laughs> and, and me. But she also says to sit in, in that emotion, you mm-hmm. know, for, for a while so that it's, as if you think of a sandbag and you sit in that emotion of inferiority, you know, it's almost like you're poking holes in it, diminishing mm-hmm. the power that it has, um, going along with the 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 theme of of our thoughts and ideas having energy um but energy's not uh it's it's finite it's not infinite so it's bound to go away mm-hmm. and so little by little you're chipping away at that sandbag and and soon it's not going to be an issue yeah you know but in the meantime because she's intensely vulnerable then that allows me to to open up and vice versa and it, it works if you know you're on the same page but you got to be on the same page yeah so true what advice would you give to to another married couple that may be going through some rough patches or trying to work through some stuff? Whether you're married or, or you're yeah or yeah or you're way. just dating, I would say go get counseling. <laughs> but but even in uh, you guys met for for a Bible study, and one of the guys there said that before they got married, they tried ten churches mm-hmm. to get premarital counseling and turned them away. Yeah, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, there's a huge need for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people, I've got friends who think, you know, counseling doesn't work. And it's like, okay, well, I can see your daddy issues. So, <laughs> you know, we've had fire pits. It's like, dude, man up, just take it. He's yeah. like, it doesn't work. Whereas three of us have gone through counseling telling us, telling him, you know, it works. Yeah. And you got to find a good one too. But what, what do you say to a guy though? Because I think that guys is probably even harder because yeah. account being going to see a counselor, I think for a lot of men feels like that they're admitting a big weakness and they don't want to be seen as weak. Don't yeah. you think, would that be the main yeah, culprit totally. for they're, not going? They're called posers. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. Yeah. And I mean, John Eldridge in, in Wild at Heart talks about that. And and I mean, I used to be a poser. I hope I'm, I'm less of one now. I try to be open and honest about everything, and I try not to make things out to be bigger than they actually are. You know, example of, wow, we're doing this, and it's huge type of yeah. thing. And when it's it's really not, yeah. you know, it's there's there's no value in that for mm-hmm. anyone, not even for yourself, even though you think, you know, you are. Mm-hmm. Um so for guys, I mean, I think it's it's become more mainstream. If it was the 60s, you know, counseling would be seen as, what's wrong? You know, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You know, you shun that person. Now it's like, no, this is, if, if you want sanity, you know, and to get rid of the bad habits that you have, and if you're tired of wondering why you react a certain way or why somebody tips you off the way that you are, yeah, then that's, then that's the way to go, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but I would say for for any couples, I mean, talk to something that that we haven't found yet is a, a mentor uh, oh, that's true, in the way yeah. of like a couple, a couple an older. That, yeah. Um, but I would say the the same for anybody. Find a whether it's in your church or in your neighborhood or you know a couple mm-hmm. that you look up to that can mentor you. Um, it can be huge, and especially the wisdom that they have yeah. after all those years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another podcast will have to talk about church stuff. Oh, I got to do this and, again? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> It'll depend on if people want you back or not. So you guys will have to go to the social media at Heidi Roo uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and then uh, Facebook, The Heidi Roo Show, to, to let us know if you actually liked Mike on there or not. I just hope I'm not boring him. <laughs> I'm sure you won't. I just wanted something with lifestyle this week. <laughs> I wanted to know how to decorate my... I was trying to think of a plant. <laughs> decorate a plant? I don't know what you talk about on here. (laughs) Wow. Maybe we won't have you back. I'm just kidding. Um, Mike and babe, I keep saying, wanting to say babe, but um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We have to go because we have a session here at the studio in just a few minutes. minutes. So so we're going to wrap this up, but thank you so much for being on here. And uh, next week, we're going to have a business segment on, um, it's Jen, and she runs Zifty.com, which is a, a delivery service. She's the uh, president of that company, and she's amazing. She used to be actually my business mentor, so I think you're going to learn a lot from her. But until then, have a great week. Thanks. As a Georgia peach, she loves pleasing people, so she wants to know how she can improve the show. So let her know either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Heidi Rue. Also be kind, because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 